Good afternoon. Good afternoon, Father. What a blessing it is to us to be visited by the Chief Shepherd of the Diocese of Cleveland. Dear Bishop Perez, I would like to take this opportunity to thank you for your presence here today with this part of your diocesan family. I want you to know that we have been praying for you even before we know who you were. <laughs> and as we somewhat patiently waited to hear who would be the new bishop of the Diocese of Cleveland, and so I suppose at this point, formal introductions should be made. Bishop Perez, I'd like to present to you the parish of St. Sebastian and some of our friends of the greater Akron area, and St. Sebastian Parish and Guess. I would like to introduce you to the bishop, the very Reverend Nelson Perez, 11th Bishop, 11th Bishop of the Diocese of Cleveland. Thank you for your warm welcome. Uh, I know that uh, Father, Father AJ found uh, got a call on Tuesday. He even told me the time he got the call, at like 3 o'clock or something. Uh, I had said that um, I told uh, the priest I work with, the vicar general, that I wanted to come to Akron. So this is my very first time in Akron. So it's great to be here to celebrate Mass and the Eucharist with you and for you. I offer this Mass for all of us gathered here for the thoughts and prayers and needs that we have in our hearts. In a particular way, I ask you to join uh, the Church of Cleveland in praying for all the people that have been affected and, uh, by all these hurricanes and earthquakes uh, around the world, really kind of in our part of the world. Uh, let's ask the Lord for strength uh, for our brothers and sisters uh, in those countries who are really now going through a hard time. I certainly understand what Father must have felt like when someone called him from, from uh, down the diocese and said that the bishop of the diocese was coming to St. Sebastian and in short period of time had to, I guess, that get things together. Uh, about 15 years ago, I was, I was a priest in Philadelphia. And there was a big mass going on in the cathedral uh, with, you know, in front of 1,500 people that were there. And some bishop was coming in to preach it, preach the homily of this big mass. I forget what it was. And, um, and, there, and the guy was, uh, his plane got canceled. So 10 minutes before the mass was about to begin, uh, the, the, the cardinal's uh, master of ceremonies came into the room filled with about 150 priests and went to me and says, the cardinal wants to see you. <laughs> I says, what did I do now? <laughs> and so I go inside to see the cardinal, and I says, oh my God, what am I getting reamed out for? And the cardinal says to me, you're preaching this homily today, and don't be long. <laughs> and I had now seven minutes to figure out what I was going to say in front of 150 priests and 1,500 people. God's ways are not our ways, right? And that day, man, that wasn't my way. That was not my way. God's ways are not our ways. His thoughts are not our thoughts whether we like it or not. 
God is going to be who God is going to be regardless of our opinion, regardless. And today's uh, gospel is, is kind of about that, right? That God's ways are not our ways, his thoughts are not our thoughts, and, and basically we got to live with it. It's like get over it. <laughs> That's why he's God and we're not. <laughs> That's what it is. And so, I don't know about you, but every, every time I hear this gospel, it irks me, right? I'd rather hear gospels about Jesus is the, the good shepherd and he takes care of us and, you know, that warm and fuzzy Jesus, right, that makes us feel all sorts of, you know, warm and fuzzy inside. This gospel, I have to tell you, even today as I was sitting there here, it does not make me feel warm and fuzzy. It, it's challenging. Almost all the parables, if not all of them, in the Gospels actually should, uh, should make us feel unsettled. It's their purpose. Their purpose is to kind of place reality before us and then usually there's, there's a moment in which it all like crumbles because it takes reality and puts it on its head. And it's supposed to actually have an effect on us and jar us and challenge us and challenge the way we think and feel. And, because if it doesn't, then, then somehow we didn't, we didn't hear it. We didn't hear the parable. And this is one of those parables where everything is going fine. You know, the guy in the vineyard, he's got a vineyard. He's, he needs people to work the vineyard. And, um, and he goes out in the morning and he hires a group of uh, people. And they go and they work. And then he needs more people. So at midday, he goes and he hires some more. Uh, and then he, he's got some more work to do. So... So at, you know, later in the afternoon, at the end of the day, he goes and hires the last group. Up to that point, it's all fine, right? Big deal. So you're reading along, you're listening along, and oh, this is nice, he's giving a job to everybody. You know, equal opportunity employer. Great. Everything is wonderful. Until it gets to the time that they got to, they're getting paid. And again, now, I didn't write this thing, so don't blame me. If you have a problem, then go to the gospel writer. Until they get paid. And when they get paid, it doesn't matter for the owner of the vineyard whether they started early in the morning, in the afternoon, or in the evening. If that happened today, that would be grounds for a lawsuit, right? We would say, well, you know, as I listen, it's just not fair, right? It's not fair. That's a great American phrase, right? It is not fair. It's not fair, right? When I was uh, a newly ordained priest, uh, the parish had a bingo. I don't know if they do. They have bingos around here. 
There it was the eighth sacrament. So, so bingo was a big deal, big deal. And, I rem- and, and so the pastor, uh, I had to go once a month and call numbers. It was not fun. And one day, uh, when I was calling numbers, some lady over here had a medical issue. So she, you know, she has some type of medical attack. And she's on the floor, and we had to, well, obviously, the bingo game had to be, like, stopped for a moment, right? While they figured out if this lady was going to die or not. And the rescue people came, and... You know, people were looking and see what was going on. It's always great because we human beings don't want to see it, but we do want to see it. That's why we have gaper delays, right? Right? Oh, no. Oh, no. (laughs) Right? Oh, it was horrible. While we're trying to curious as to what's going on. Well, that's going on. The game has stopped. I'm sitting up there waiting, and another individual over here says... This is not fair. I came here to play bingo. Could you imagine? It's not fair. Well, this gospel is that God's understanding of what's fair is not understand our understanding of what's fair. It's as simple as that. And, and the gospel would say, listen, it is what it is. Deal with it. God's ways are not your ways. God's thoughts are not your thoughts. Deal with it. Deal with it. We could certainly understand why the people that were hired in the morning would be a tiny bit upset because they got the person that came in the, in the last crew got the same amount of salary. We could understand that, right? We would be getting in the car, getting on the cell phone within 30 seconds and saying, can you believe this? It's not fair. But this gospel is not about fair labor practices. It really isn't. To stay on that of whether that person, the last guy hired to get the same amount... Christ would say, it's not about that at all, actually. It's really about what do you hold to be important? What do you hold to be important? That's what this gospel is about. It's about mission. It's about mission. About 10 years ago, I was pastor of my first parish, and... And there was uh, a, a person came to see me. They were all upset. I mean, they were upset. All upset because what had happened was that uh, this, this person moved into the parish and became part of the life of the parish and, 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 uh, and had a lot of gifts and started becoming part of groups and leadership in the parish. Uh, and this individual was upset that this person was kind of like taking over some of the stuff that this person did. So finally, 
they got enough nerve and they came to see me. And, and the, the person was crying and was all upset. And, and, and finally I said, but what's your, what's your issue? I've been here 40 years. This person just arrived and they look like they run the place. And I says, wow. 70% of people don't even go to church. They call it that, and they call them now the nuns. Now, not the nuns as, as in N-U-N-S. Not those nuns. Hopefully they come to church. <laughs> the nuns. N-O-N-E-S. The nuns. They're, they might be your kids or your neighbor's kids, they don't go anywhere. Like, faith and, 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 and Christian values, and even if they were raised in the faith, they're, it's just not part of their lives. And in many ways, they are, be, they are living a life that's, that, I wouldn't say it's faithless, but, but the faith of their family and of their culture is no longer like front and center. You know, it, it's Sunday and it's more important to go to soccer practice than it is to go to mass, right? And, and if you say anything, the response to that is, how dare you? <laughs> how dare you, right? And I'm thinking as this person is like all upset because they're taking over a little bit of their territory whatever that territory was. And I'm thinking, and this is what you're worried about? In some ways, there's a whole generation that is not being touched by the power of the gospel, and you're worried about your little territory? Really? That's what it's about? That's what you think is important? So this gospel is, is challenging Challenging you and I to, to really take a look at what, what, ups, what is upsetting you these days. What, what is raising your blood pressure? What keeps you up at night? What gets that, that ball? You ever know when you get angry, you get that ball in your stomach, right? It's like a volcano. And you just know, right? Or, or when you see other people get it. And then you know. It's like, get out of the way. So what, what is it that upsets us and takes our peace away and our joy away? And the, and the gospel would then ask, should it? Should it? Should that be what's really upsetting you? And getting you all bent out of shape. Or are there other things that are more of the essence, more important? Whether it's your family life or your married life or your relationship with your children or your neighbors or within your parish community or within your work environment. What should really be bothering you? And what is it? that you're distracted by and it's bothering you and you really shouldn't be 
not so upset about that. Right? I don't know if this is true or not, but it's a good story. It illustrates something. The story I heard was that John Paul II, one of my heroes, right? I'm a son of John Paul II. Saw him for the first time as a teenager in Madison Square Garden. I was totally awed by this guy. John Paul II was gallivanting around the world celebrating Mass in some country. You know, he was the pilgrim pope. He went all over the place. And he was at a Mass where, uh, you know, you have all these MCs and all these people getting everything together. And, and, and while Mass was being celebrated, one of the candles went out. And then all these Vatican types, they got together and they were getting together. Oh my God, a candle went out. What are we going to do? Right? What are we going to do? And they're all going there and they're talking while the scriptures are being read. Right? And the story I heard was that John Paul II got up and went and blew the other candle out. <laughs> it's like now they're both the same. Whether it's true or not, it's a good story. But it does illustrate something, right? What do we let our hearts and our minds get all bent out of shape about? And should we?